Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, this is Haley, the face of Waco Girl Does. You're listening to No Waco. This week, we have some very exciting guests in the studio. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm Emily Mills. I'm Brett Mills. And we are with Jesus at Love and Lovely Enterprises to talk about Wild Torch. Yeah, and what brought you to Waco? Or are you guys Waco natives? Um, I think I would have to say I I would... I, uh, words. <laughs> words are hard, Brett. All the time. I'm originally from Houston, but oh, wow. I have lived H-Town. in Waco longer. Ooh. So I now say I'm from Waco. That's true. Yeah. Same thing yeah. with me. Been here 12 years, half my life. Yeah. Um, I was a transplant, but you know what? This is home. So yeah. what can I say? As for you? I'm from Tyler, so a town okay. in, in East Texas. Mm-hmm. And I came to Waco because of Baylor and mm-hmm. never left. Oh, so wow. I've lived here longer than I've lived in my hometown. And, and this feels like my town. Wow. I hear that from quite a few people yeah. where they came here for Baylor. Um, have you ever heard of the Waco suck? Oh, oh big yeah. time. So I it really we does. We were around when that phrase when it was it came around. Yes. Yeah, um, and that's very common for most creatives yeah. and entrepreneurs and people, especially doing things now yeah. in town. Um, they just kind of come here and then they're like, actually, this place is kind of dope. Yeah. I'm going to stay here. We would often travel outside of Waco mm-hmm. for work. And when we would come home, we would cross over the Brazos on Waco Drive and mm-hmm. like our whole body would kind of exhale. Aww. And we just kind of felt like, OK, I think I think we like being here, yeah. you know, just this is this is our place. And we weren't really sure what that was going to look like. But yeah. Yeah. It's home. Wow, I love that. And so now you've been helping out with Jesus Says Love yeah. um, and Lovely Enterprises. So yes. tell me how you got involved with that. Yeah, so it's crazy. I don't know when this show will air, but Good Friday of 2022 mm-hmm. will be our 18th year of oh, reaching wow. women in the sex industry. Congratulations. And so um, it, it was really kind of a detour. I was a really engaged with poverty in Waco mm-hmm. and became, as a Baylor student, really aware of socioeconomic gaps in yeah. this in our city. And what caused those gaps and white flight and urban renewal and all those sorts of things. And so as I started learning about women in the sex trade, I just really became curious because uh, the women that I was learning from at the time all had threads of childhood sexual abuse in their past. And that was part of my story. Mm -hmm. So in 2004, I said, Brett, how about we take... uh, gift bags into the strip clubs and get to know women in the sex industry because mm-hmm. they're part of our city. Yeah. <clears throat> they're part of who we are. They go to the same grocery stores as we do. Yeah. Their kids are in the schools that we're in, but they are marginalized. They're disenfranchised. Yeah. Their voices work. Yeah. yeah. They, they're not 
center to our conversations and they need to be. And so um, it really began this journey of really learning who they were and learning the issues that they were facing. Um, and that's how Jesus Said Love was born. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. And subsequently, as we've grown from just a grassroots outreach organization, mm -hmm. we recognized at one point we were in seven Texas cities oh, wow. across the state, but it was just outreach only. There yeah. were no transformational or programs that we really had other than outreach. So when we were gifted the building at 1500 Columbus in 2014, we gathered together about 30 women who were active in the industry. And we said, what do you want from this space? What do you want us to develop? And, um, and they said, we want a way to get jobs. We want a way to keep the jobs we do get. Mm -hmm. um, or we want to start our own businesses. Can you help us do one or all of those things. And so that's how Lovely Enterprises yeah. uh, was developed. And we shut off all outreaches from around the state and just focused on um, building these rehabilitative programs in Waco. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So what is your mission behind it? The mission behind Jesus Said Love and Lovely Enterprises is to awaken hope and empower change. Mm -hmm. Empowerment is an inside job. That's nothing that we self we don't determine women and survivors self-determine where they want to go. So statistically, research shows us that 89% want out but mm -hmm. don't see another means of survival. Yeah. So we're not we're not judging those that 11% that would say, "Hey, we we like being in the sex industry or we want to be in the, I'm not worried about that. That is what they are choosing. Some of them, 89% though want out. That is a huge statistic. Yeah. Um, we've also learned 50% of women in prostitution are controlled by a third party. Mm -hmm. That would be considered human trafficking. So we've learned all this stuff mm -hmm. from women, from survivors and survivor leaders as we've grown. And um, so the mission is really to say, what do you need? How can we help close the gaps systemically or individually that are that you are facing in your life? And and so we have case management. We still have outreach programs um, just to build relationships, to get to know. Um, we've got job training and access program. We have uh, livable wage jobs at Lovely where we create beautiful bath and body products, oh, all wow. survivor made, all survivor paid. Um, and then we have a stop demand school, which is for buyers who are arrested for sex, but it's focused on uh, restoration and they have survivors from our program to talk to the buyers. So it's wow. this beautiful transformational kind of moment that Brett teaches in an eight hour course involving public health, human trafficking, and just getting to know what the commercial sex industry really is. Yeah, wow. And so you've been involved with this as well. So what has it been like working together? What has it been like her dragging yeah, you into this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When your wife says, hey, you better go to the strip club, it's, it's a weird question <laughs> um, <clears throat> at the time. Um, we've always worked together. Mm -hmm. um, so we're musicians originally, and we've made music together. And um, so this kind of came at a time where we were, we were evaluating where we were in our music career and kind of like... Um, we want to do something that's really meaningful and something yeah. that, that kind of puts some feet on the songs that we were singing. And so um, it made sense. It was a little strange, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to expect. But I, uh, our very first night that we went, I was immediately grabbed by it. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, wow. I, I went to a strip club one time when I came to <laughs> Baylor because I was Mr. Perfect in high school. And I'm like, I got to do something bad. <laughs> so uh, I went to uh, Two Minis. Yeah. And... Um, it's it was, closed now. <clears throat> yeah, it was yeah. a really exists. interesting experience. So so now to be on this side of it was really interesting. And I'll never forget, 
um, the owner or the manager came walking out. Uh, he was pointing at the door, walking towards me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's about to happen here? He's about to beat me up or something. And he was like, what are they doing? And I said, well, we, we came to bring Easter. You said we could yesterday. He goes, well, I didn't think you would come. <laughs> and I said, well, why would we have asked if we and were going to? Up. And he said this. I'll never forget it. He said, well, a couple of months ago, we had a church pull up in the parking lot on their church bus. They got out. They circled the building and held hands and prayed that the demons would go away. Oh, no. And then they got back in their van and they drove off. They didn't ask permission. They didn't ask me what I needed. They didn't say, can we pray for you? They just did that. And then he goes, there's something wrong with that, isn't there? Mm -hmm. And I said, you're damn right. There's something wrong with that. That's not Jesus. Yeah. And then he goes, without missing a beat, he goes, well, I'm a witch. <laughs> and I said, where's your broomstick? <laughs> and he was like, I can't get by what you're saying. And so we yeah. begin this beautiful me, a pastor with a witch. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of Jesus is yeah. that he makes a way for all of these different people to come together at the table to talk about things that matter. Yeah. So. That's where it's we're been at. An interesting journey. I was going to say, yeah. it sounds like you guys have some amazing stories and have met some amazing people in the yeah. community. Yeah. Um, so how have you seen this develop throughout the year? So mm -hmm. I know you said 2004 and then 2014. Um, mm -hmm. So really, how have you guys been developing and what would you like to see? Yeah, it's been a slow, it's been a slow burn. And I would say in the past five years, we've really seen um, a shift in kind of the consciousness of mm -hmm. Waco to see women and men engaged in this issue in a human way. Yeah. Um, whereas at first it, it felt like there was so much bias and, you know, yeah. stigma surrounding the sex industry that even though we are faith oriented mm -hmm. as individually and an organization that it was like, we couldn't even talk about what we were doing in the places that, that we were at. I mean, yeah. churches wouldn't let us talk about it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's been interesting because we found out some of Waco's history, that there was a minister originally at the turn of the century who was working with women in prostitution and oh, was wow. kicked out of his church. Oh, my goodness. And he was run out of town. Wow. For associating with women. That's crazy. It is. We'll talk all about that at Wild mm -hmm. Torch um, because we are going to go back into Waco's history and we're going to see some of the same stigmas that still exist. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about ways that the city really has improved um, to make it a more welcoming place for women to really to really understand what this issue is, is to understand the socioeconomic dynamics mm -hmm. surrounding women in prostitution and women in sex work for mm -hmm. eons. I mean, it's just so much bigger than anything I've even realized. Yeah. Had someone told me in 2004, this is what we'd be doing, I would have been like, <laughs> I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not an anthrop Can I now? anthropologist. <laughs> I don't, you know. But um, I am really fascinated by sociology and anthropology. And so I do think there's, and history, so I think there's a natural bend in my nature to want to know the deeper story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And I know you guys have done so much for the community. So how have you seen, I know you already talked a little bit about this, but how have you seen Waco develop in these past few years? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Specifically I mean, concerning, I mean, you could talk about banking. You could talk I mean, about. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. specifically for about, what you guys are focused on. Well, yeah, yeah. that's what I, I mean. mean. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, mean, I keep going back to Chili's for some reason. Chili's <laughs> was the only restaurant here. Like, yeah. I remember when Nymphas came here mm -hmm. um, and the warehouses were just, you know, blown out or whatever. Um, I think specifically related to what we do, yeah. we've mm -hmm. seen 
we've seen banking and lending practices mm-hmm. um, help with our entrepreneurial oh, women. So we have a great relationship with banks who would say, yes, we're willing to risk and provide microloans for women who have oh. poor credit, who who have been engaged with the sex industry for years, but now they want to start their own you know, food truck or they've exited for eons. They can't find a livable wage. And so banking has been one way that I've seen Waco improve. Wow, interesting. No one's even brought that dynamic up before. 100%. Interesting to think the depth of institutions being able to adapt and change. All of sex work, um, I I would say majority, it's a both and. There's individual lineage Mm -hmm. that comes into play in individual trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, childhood sexual abuse. Often, you do find this in a lineage. You do find, because most people are abused by someone they know really well or a family member. And so sometimes even familial structures groom you Mm -hmm. to become ripe and ready for exploitation and a predator. So that's something I know individually in my own story, in Mm -hmm. my own life. What I didn't understand was that the issue of the commercial sex trade is one that is an economic issue. Mm -hmm. This is about race this is about money. This is about power. And, and, and all of those things make a mix for vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So anything, anywhere you've got vulnerability, you've got an exploiter. Mm-hmm. You've got a trafficker. You've got someone ready to make money. And so people have called it the oldest profession in the world. I have a survivor leader who's taught me for years, and she said it's the oldest oppression mm-hmm. in the world. Um, because if 89% really want out, then what is that saying about our systems yeah. that aren't allowing them a way out? Yeah. Yeah. And why do you think this is so critical for our, uh, Waco specifically in the Waco area? Oh, mm. man. Well, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that um, commercial sex is here. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are um, it's the second largest criminal industry in the world, uh, right behind drugs and right before guns. Mm-hmm. And I submit they all go together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you have each, you have each. Um, and I think people think that only happens in the big cities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they think, well, that doesn't happen here. They're not they're not bringing people up from Mexico here to Waco, Texas. Surely mm-hmm. not. And the truth is they are. And there are people being trafficked through strip clubs here. We, you know, we had three when we first started. Now we have one mm-hmm. left. Um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't It doesn't exist. mean it goes away right, either. Yeah. Like, let's suppose the third one shuts down. Yeah. That doesn't mean the commercial sex industry ends. It just goes underground. Mm-hmm. It just goes through different mediums. And so what what is really cool about Waco is that we have probably the most informed law enforcement community on these issues of anywhere else in the nation. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. And why is it important? Because... Most prost- most women in prostitution in Waco Good catch, babe. are not going to be arrested. <laughs> mm-hmm. Buyers of prostitutes will be yeah. arrested because they understand the issue of commercial sex is a man's issue. Mm-hmm. It's a demand issue. Um, and so we have to go after demand if we really want to make a difference. Yeah. And so what happens is, is when they find women in the industry... They'll direct them to organizations like ours or Unbound, our partner organization, um, and we can get them the help that they want or that they need or that they're ready to, you know, when they're ready to change their life. Yeah, and we've had Unbound come on here and many other programs um, that are doing what is needed here in our community, um, especially for, you know, we are right in between 
Austin and Dallas. Sure. And what do they say? Right on I-35 is yeah. one of the highest area for human trafficking. Right. Um, and you can drive down 35 now and even see signs yeah. um, like quit human trafficking. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's really interesting to see how it's a centralized location yes. right here in Waco and how we need this in our community. The United yeah. States has more strip clubs than anywhere else in the world. Over 4,000. Mm-hmm. California has the most. Mm-hmm. Texas has the next. Uh, we have over 460 strip clubs. Oh, wow. Over three quarters of those are in cities along I-35. Yep, that'll do it. Yeah, and so I think the other reason that we have recognized the reason why we're here and the reason why Waco is really important in this fight is because we're actually standing on a really ripe ground of history. Mm -hmm. So I guess about seven years ago, I learned of Waco's legal red light district Mm -hmm. called the reservation. Yeah. So it was an area of town at the turn of the century that um, licensed legal prostitutes women in prostitution we're catching ourselves right mm-hmm. because we're they are not prostitutes women in prostitution. they are women in prostitution exactly. so at the turn of the century this was legal mm-hmm. and the city benefited so like our roads our bridges um all the infrastructure was being built off the backs mm-hmm. of the sex trade yep. and we now because it was licensed we know their health records we know how they died Uh, We know what diseases they were infected with. We know uh, who was buying at the Mm -hmm. time. Judges, deacons, lawyers, uh, the same that are today, right? Um, But what's really fascinating is that Waco at that time, at the turn of the century, was kind of this epicenter Mm -hmm. for economic boom. So you had like the six-shooter junction, you had the reservation, then you had religious, like uppity, First Baptist Church, Baylor. Mm-hmm. Those in- faith institutions were all swimming around in the same pool together. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Okay. And then, yeah, we'll take a break. And now it's time for a commercial break. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But on that notation, um, you've taken something that is so deep rooted in our history Mm -hmm. and turned it into such a great advocacy network and made it a network for the people that actually need it here in our Mm -hmm. community. Um, And you guys have almost made it into something positive Mm -hmm. and, you know, change are changing that narrative here in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, And now you guys are doing fundraising events and getting out in our community. So um, do you want to talk more about that? Yes, I would love to. Wild Torch. And I I just want to say, take off the word almost. You are. (laughs) It is positive. It is positive. It is positive because we are, number one, we're seeing men realize the harms that they've done when they've bought sex. Mm -hmm. So we've had over 200 men go through our program. Wow. Uh, We're seeing women who would self-identify as previously, I was just a crack whore and now I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. That shouldn't be the way, if you just looked at it on the average, yeah, that shouldn't be the case. But to look at what, what it, it's not us. For us, it's just, we're going to make a space for you to win. Right. Yeah. And we're going to try to, 
try to just put some boundaries on you so you don't fall off the wagon. And if you fall off the wagon, we'll help you we're get back on. We're still here for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing businesses launched. We're seeing, we, we now employ survivors at, mm-hmm. at, at Jesus Said Love. And um, it's just, I never would have, when she said, do you want to go to the strip club? I never would have thought we would have been mm-hmm. in this place. Yeah. So I have to say, it's not almost positive. It is, it is. damn positive. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Yes. Um, so I think the exciting thing about Wild Torch, which is May the 6th, mm-hmm. our fundraising experience. So when our board said you got to have a fundraiser, you got to do a gala, we were the problem with trying to do fundraisers when you're working with an exploited population, right, is you don't want to further exploit. Yeah. And so to us, it always seemed like counter- you're piggybacking on yeah, counter- and their experience. Yes. Yeah. And we didn't want to do that. So we really hesitated for a long while until. I was like, wait a minute, we're creatives, we're musicians, we can, we love using the visual and performing arts, we can create an experience that tells a bigger story, mm-hmm. and that uses the visual and performing arts to, to express individuals, and when individuals do share, they share about our programs, you know, they share about what they've been through and what they've learned through our programs, they don't, re, we're not re-traumatizing them by telling their whole life yeah. story and going into the trauma. So this year's Wild Torch is really exciting because for the first time, we are going back to the reservation. We are going to go back in time to 1889 when the reservation was here, and we're going to learn about Molly Adams. We're going to learn about who was our you know, most notorious, infamous madam. Ooh. She was the one of the wealthiest women in Waco Oh wow! because she was a body house owner. Wow. So she was one of the only women, I think was the only woman in Waco who owned her own home. Mm-hmm. It was this the, the architect who built her home, which was a brothel, mm-hmm. was the same that built First Baptist Waco. Oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that History. fun? Scandal. It's so colorful. Um, <laughs> she had this red velvet parlor, we've learned, and um, we've got one portrait of her, and that's about it. But several people knew who Molly was because she lived here, even though the reservation was shut down in 1917, 1916. Um, she continued to live in Waco, but she died penniless oh, wow. and no one would carry her casket. Oh no. And so she ended up dying at the, uh, it was called the Waco in- home for indigents. Wow. And so it was a facility for poor people. Yeah. And that's where she passed away. Two anonymous business owners paid for her burial at Oakwood cemetery. Interesting. So I live right next to Oakwood Cemetery. There you go. You're going to have to go find Molly Adams' graveyard. I I grave yard. I'll do a grave uh, walk, etching. You walk should. there at night. Ooh. Yes. It's literally, uh, there's a park and then my house is right there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Molly is buried there along with her sister, who she also turned out mm-hmm. in the brothel. And she's also married by her mother. Molly herself was um, what we would consider today a trafficking victim. So wow. she was a, chi- a, a child in prostitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be considered a trafficking victim now. But what you see is that there weren't many opportunities for women back then. And so she was just doing what she knew. Mm -hmm. She was doing what she could. And when it became illegal, she continued to take in women. Um, But she was also what we've learned from kids who knew her is that she was kind. She would offer kids a Coke. I spoke with Parnell McNamara, our Mm -hmm. sheriff yesterday. He goes, my dad knew Molly Adams. My dad would 
carry cottonseed on a mule in a wagon. He would go to Molly's house because hers was the only place that he could get a cold Dr. Pepper. Wow. She would give him a free Dr. Pepper. He'd sit and talk with the ladies. And he, he goes, Dad, did anything inappropriate happen? He goes, no, I was a 10-year-old boy just doing my job. Yeah. And, and they were just generous, nice people. So there's really colorful history there. But we also know that women in the reservation um, – had children, obviously, mm-hmm. sex produces children. And so many of them had children who then were denied public education in wow. Waco. And then they were driven off the reservation by child welfare services, but no one in Waco would adopt them. Oh, goodness. So they were sent out of Waco. So I think what's so interesting to me is that while we don't know and like to remember this part of our history, some of it tells us what we did wrong, mm-hmm. but some of this tells us where we're doing things right now. Yeah. You know, women are no longer in our community being stiff-armed if mm-hmm. they are recovered as a trafficking victim or if they are a prostitution in prostitution and they want out. Mm-hmm. We're we're giving them loans now for for businesses. We're helping. Yeah. We're supporting them. So that's positive for Waco. Yeah. And I think if the Reverend of Church is looking down on us mm-hmm. now. Um, even though he was run out of town, he might be a little bit jealous that all of Waco <laughs> is coming to a fundraiser to support the women because he could not get yeah. that support. Yeah. <clears throat> he and his wife nearly went broke with wow. their children, eating beans when they could, just trying to help women in prostitution. He would try to find them housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one would take him in. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's wild. So back then, we were kicking the women out. Mm-hmm. That was the responsibility of law enforcement then. Mm-hmm. Today we're inviting women to come. Yeah. yeah, come from all over if you need to, because there's a place for you here. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. amazing. So at Wild Torch, we'll go back in that time. We've got original uh, registers from the homes that oh, wow. list the women's name. We have the doorbell from Molly Adams' house. We have costumes from Historic Waco mm-hmm. Foundation. We have furniture from Laverty's that oh. represents that time period. Um, you're gonna hear oh. A, uh, Sheriff McNamara is allowing us to uh, use his copies of all the newspaper clippings oh, wow. from when his great uncle shut the reservation down. Mm-hmm. So his great uncle was on that side of law yep. enforcement, and now he's on the opposite, the opposite side. side. <laughs> so it's a really interesting history. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And so tell me more about the fundraiser event, where it's going to be, what time, yeah. how people can get involved. May the 6th at the convention center. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is go to wildtorch.com, mm-hmm. wildtorch.com. Um, sponsorships, tickets. It's going to be, we fell in love with the, Net, not Netflix, Paramount, oh, 1883. Yeah. yeah, 1883, the series 1883. And we had already planned on Wild Torch being about the history. And so it made sense. Oh, so we're asking people to put on your best 18... Yeah. Come dress. Something I just have that in my closet, already oh, ready go. to go. So. Put your prairie dress on. Put your boots, boots on. Your stetson. Yeah, mm-hmm. wear your fun Get my bonnet dress, out. bonnets. Yeah, it's it's really those late eighteen hundreds to early nineteen hundreds, kind of right before the Victorian mm-hmm. era takes over. Um, again, you've got this six shooter junction, Wild West, with this crazy, 
you know, culture and faith, culture mm-hmm. and faith and prostitution all happening mm-hmm. in Waco. And the convention center sits on the grounds of the reservation. Wow. So we're going to talk about that that mm-hmm. night. And of course, yeah, do some land acknowledgments, talk yeah, about um, all of the stuff that's happened here in Waco. That's and right. again, our history is so rich here that it's it's amazing to see these establishments acknowledging that that's um, right. and being able to look back again yeah. on the history and yeah. um, realizing how far we've come. We're raising funds that night to pay for livable wage jobs mm-hmm. through Lovely for survivors. So everything raised that night will go to job training and actual jobs where mm-hmm. women get a paycheck. Wow. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, we're excited. Silent Auction will be performing along with the Union Yay. Revival and the Purple Holes, which is a bluegrass band. Um, it's going to be excited. Yeah. Stories and songs. You're going to hear it all. All right. Food well, and drink. Fantastic. Yes. Ooh, food yes. and drink. Food and Smiles drink. and cheers. There Photo booth <laughs> with all your props on. Yeah. It's going to be fun. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. And then a shout out. Give us all of your information where we can find you. I know you already gave the website. Pick up your social media. Anywhere else. Your email. Always Instagram. Yeah. Everything is at Jesus Said Love for social media Mm -hmm. get your tickets at wildtorch.com if you happen to go to jesussaidlove.com you can still get to (laughs) wildtorch.com that's correct because they're all connected they're all connected um I mean, we've got to give shout outs to sponsors I mean Laverty's Pat Laverty Mm -hmm. is coming in clutch with um costumes and furniture Mm -hmm. and Mm All things Laverty's, uh, Penley Party mm-hmm. Productions is going to be helping us. AG Real Estate is sponsoring. Mandy Clark Financial Accountant yeah. is sponsoring. There's a few more that I can't say yet because mm-hmm. they've Ooh. asked us not to say. Ooh. But we will be releasing that shortly. Yay. We're excited. Well, I'm really looking forward to this. And I really just want to thank you guys again for everything um, you've started and helped with our community. And again, shout out to our community um, for really just the amazing development and um, so much that we've seen happen over these last couple of years. Um, one of the last things I would like to ask you is what would you guys like to see in Waco by the end of 2022? For, for us personally, mm-hmm. I want to see more survivor jobs. Yes. I want Lovely to be packed mm-hmm. with women who are earning a livable wage or starting their own business. I want to see more business entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's for you. I mean, there's the same sentiment. I would, I would simply agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on and talking about your mission and everything you guys have been doing. Um, and I'm sure people are going to be looking forward to this and now they know where to go. That's right. <laughs> Thanks Debbie. Yeah. This is Min Haley. I'm signing off. Tune in every Friday for all of the events and activities. Now that you know Waco, just go. Go, Waco. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Podcast.